You're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. In this episode, we're talking about the premiere episode of Dark Matter, episode one. While we will talk about anything and everything from episode one, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we will give our quick reviews of the episode, then we will discuss some notable elements as well as stuff that made us happy, and then we'll conclude by talking about questions we have after watching the episode, which are quite a few. So let's give our really uh, quick reviews or impressions. And for me, I thought it was a really solid premiere episode, and I, I found something that I liked about each of the characters as their personalities started to emerge, and little quips and quirks. There was a lot of like hints and a lot of mysteries set up, and I'm looking forward to how those are going to be resolved. Uh, Chris, what did you think? I thought the episode was pretty good. Uh, I like most of the characters already, and this episode set everything up with enough intrigue that I'm I'm really interested to see what's going to happen for the rest of the season. Uh, Stephanie, what about you? I think it set up a whole lot of potential for this series, and I'm very much anticipating the next episode. But I will say I was not wowed by the premiere. I thought it lacked some some verve and vigor. More guns needed? More sex? We didn't have any sex. We're used to more se- I'm used to more sex. She did send me a message earlier today complaining that there was no kissing. See? I know it's not just me. I was, I was kidding. I was kidding. But I did get to the kidding. end of this episode. Yeah. I did get to the end of this episode, though, and I thought, huh. Nobody made out. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> well, not everybody has to make out. Oh, I know. And I wasn't expecting I think it, that from the show. I think it show. would have been weird if somebody did make out. I wasn't expecting it from the show, but just most of the shows that I've been watching recently, there's a lot of making out on, plus other stuff. <laughs> what have you been watching? Uh, well, I watched Sense8. I'm kidding, Saints. I'm kidding. You know I've been watching Orphan Black. That's true. <laughs> Orange is the New Black just came out. Think about it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Our, our brains have become corrupted. But, but no, I, I jokingly messaged Chris saying, nobody nobody made out, but I liked it. <laughs> so then I was teasing about, why is no one's face on anyone else's face? Their faces are way <laughs> far away from each other's faces, except for that moment between three and one by the door. In which case I was chanting, make out, make out, make out. No, I'm <laughs> Which he also sent me a message. <laughs> Again, I am joking. I am just joking. It is fine that nobody is making out with anybody. Yet. 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 Because did we see, did we see the tension between two and one? There was definite yes, tension there. Yes, I saw it. There was, a little you bit. know, they were talking about pants. They were talking about pantslessness. <laughs> well, he thinks they were talking about something other than pants. That's just my opinion. But <laughs> well, I'm, I'm giving sure. him a look. I, I, yes. was, I was very uh, happy. I was like, yay, pantslessness for Stephanie in this <laughs> very first episode. <laughs> it's nice that you were happy for Stephanie. Yes, I was re- doing a rewatch, and I'm like, oh my god, pantslessness. I was pleased with the pantslessness, because, okay, since we're on this topic, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> the lower half of Mark Ben David, very impressive. <laughs> yes, Melissa O'Neill actually tweeted last night during the live tweet. I think she used the phrase stems. Yes, he did. She did. <laughs> that uh, he got those stems from lots of, of running and, and sprinting. That, that That's what it was, sprinting. But he, he, there's some thighs on that guy. Yep. I mean, God. And they were showing him off in the skin tight. In, yeah, in the pod wear. Yes, yeah. pod wear. Oh, pod as wear. well as when he, that's what I'm calling it, oh, okay. in the pod wear. I like Sounds it. Sounds very plus, fashionable. <laughs> plus when he's in his skivvies, you you know, good good thigh shots. Plus bum shots. Just saying. Well, there was, there was a good bum shot. I was scrolling down my Twitter feed, and I, 
all I look, and I'm looking at the screen cap from the premiere episode, I'm like, what is this? And then I realized someone had just compiled screen caps of one's bum. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it was quite hilarious. And they're all, how did you send them to bum? Stephanie? <laughs> they're, I wouldn't mind it. it. But I feel like there should be some equal opportunity ogling since they ogled two's butts. I, they did. I feel okay in ogling one's butt. I have yes. a question. Post-episode. I have a question about the podware. Okay. All of the guys are in exactly the same podware, but the two women have, I think two's got sort of like a, a spaghetti tank, strap yeah, tank, tank top. Yeah, thing. And uh, I forget exactly what five is wearing but there's like a scoop neck on it and i think she had sleeves didn't she i think so what is this sexist podware all the women have to be in revealing podware more revealing podware <laughs> than just, the men i'm just saying though because the men all four of the men have like mock turtleneck they're wearing like under armor shirts yeah yeah i mean it goes down to their wrists and mm-hmm. their ankles and they're yeah. completely covered basically i, I yeah. thought now that you bring that up that is pretty funny why, why? i don't know why do the women not need to be covered from Head to toe. And yet the android is covered from neck to heel, and I just found that really wrong. Except that, <laughs> except that it was very form fitting, and I found that very right. So yes, and she didn't I, change clothes. I know, in front of camera. I was either. wondering Sorry. why Zoe Palmer had been tweeting about thongs so much, and once I saw her costume, I understood. Like, oh, yeah. that's why. Not just thongs, robot thongs. Robot thongs. Robot thongs. A robot thong. <laughs> and then. <laughs> I was. We were wondering. Oh, why is she tweeting about bathroom hooks? And she tweeted last night. Yes, I have to take off the whole thing and pee naked when with that uh, Android suit naked, on. I believe she said. naked. And I'm like, oh, no wonder she loves decent mm. bathroom hooks. She's got to put her clothes on something. I agree with her. You just a bathroom hook is handy. Yes. Hang yes. your bag. Hang your coat in the winter, especially mm-hmm. in Canada. Like you really would like to hang up your coat before you go to the bathroom mm-hmm. in the public restroom or your Android mm-hmm. suit. Yeah. So this uh, this series seems to be more grungy sci-fi, kind of like Firefly. Battlestar Galactica, yeah. Yeah, yeah. rather than pristine Star Trek sci-fi, the, the ship is very lived in. It seems to be the, the modern trend yeah. to go with the grungy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, Star Trek's clean future is something of the past. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I hear it now. I hear it now. <laughs> But I thought the sets were beautiful. I, I loved yes. all of, of the sets on the ship. Ian Brock is so great. Very atmospheric lighting and the, the opening shot zooming down the corridor. That That's very um, TJ Scott, their director. That's kind of a, a shot that he would do. He was set designer for, production designer for Lost Girl, right? Ian Brock? Ian Brock, And yeah. Orphan Black, yes. And Orphan Black. I love that guy's work. He, uh, that's what I'm saying. He's a good production designer. We salute you, Ian Brock. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting, we, we're getting a, a hint of the world in this episode with the mention of the independent planet versus the multicore. So this is less of a, it seems like anyway, less of a militaristic space show, and it's more, you know, the evil corporations type of space show. Again, sort of like Firefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I'm wondering how that's going to come into play and who's going to take over. But I was excited to hear it because it's. I feel like it's also maybe jumping off of territory that continuum has explored recently Mm. in the sci-fi world Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot of interesting potential storylines they could explore this whole idea of the corporations taking over these smaller independent planets to get at mining i I think there's some good potential social commentary in there i'm excited by a lot of the elements that i saw in this first episode Mm -hmm. that's fair i was a little unclear on it though so do the miners currently have 
like control of the whole planet or just part of it. And because they had a gold mine, the corporation's going to, they're afraid the corporation's going to come in now and have sent the Raza after them. It sounded like to me, if they didn't have at least control of the entire planet, the mining company coming in wanted the entire planet. So yeah. they were going to lose where they were living. They were saying to one that, yeah, they don't share. So. Mm hmm. So I, it sat, I don't think it was the entire planet, because I think Chloe Rose's character said something like this plot or this tract, or she, she calls it something specific. This is all we've got, and we're mm -hmm. going to fight for it. So I didn't get the impression they necessarily had control of the entire planet, but regardless, they were going to get wiped out. Mm -hmm. But if they've got a relatively lucrative mine on the planet, mm -hmm. then you can see why maybe yeah. the corporation or whoever would want that specifically. Mm -hmm. Did anybody else? I know we've all seen Cold-Blooded. Was anybody else a little traumatized when the android's hand got sliced off? <laughs> Not traumatized, but I was I was reliving that moment. Yes. I was like, oh, again, Zoe Palmer? Again? What is it with you? And then I wondered hands. if they did that because of cold blooded. Yeah, I, I wondered that too. But it's it's like these little these little echoes of of worry that happen to me sometimes. Like whenever I see Amber Benson get shot in in projects that she's done. Why did she always die Why in things? <laughs> it's like, oh Tara. Even if the character's like I have very little connection to the character she's currently playing. If she dies, I'm just, I, I'm taken back to that place and I'm sad all over again. I think that's why they hire her it's like, to play gonna somebody who's going to die because they know that it's going to affect you more because it's her. Yes. <laughs> I, this is my suspicion. Anyway. I was very glad, though, that she repaired her hand and she was not going to be a one handed yes, robot. That would have been awkward. I'm like, oh, those nano nanites come in handy. I need some of those, man. I know. Not that I've ever had an injury that severe, but I'd worry less. Yeah, you never know, though, Chris. You never know. You could lose a hand podcasting, I tell you. Stephanie is going to cut off my hand. Oh, God, I'm so glad I'm not with you yes, guys right exactly now. Yes, that's exactly what I just said. That's what I heard. I'm so glad I'm in a different state. So what about the fight scene? So about the fight scene. I, I loved it. I, you know, I'd seen glimpses of it, you know, in the promos, but... Uh, I was really impressed, you know, both with uh, Alex Malari and his all the work he's done for his sword fighting. Yeah. But when, you know, you can see it in the shot when he's swinging and Zoe's avoiding him. I mean, that was a very well done fight sequence. And I see now what Zoe meant in a couple of interviews where she said it's hard because she has to keep her posture and she she has to fight like an android that just effortlessly takes, you know, 200 plus pound men and just flings them across the room and with a little hand shove. And it's really uh, uh, impressive to see that because, yeah, I'm sure it's not easy to do those fight scenes when you have to be so like stiff, but I liked it. I think my two favorite parts of the fight scene were, as Annie just mentioned, the, the dodging of the sword, because that was really well done. She's all, all super fast and, and agile, and I like it. And disarming... Six. Yes. Mm -hmm. I loved that when she was just like, gun? Psh, you don't need that. Psh, gun? Yeah. You don't need that. I got that. You go across the room now. Let me grab it was that so matter gun. of fact. It was, it was good. I know. And then there was a shot where she came out and it was a really beautifully lit shot where she had her hand up because she was pushing all the guys away and that was the shot I liked. But then <laughs> I'm thinking, poor Roger Cross who plays Six. He's like, wow, Zoe was so nice to me when we worked previously together in the guard and now she has to beat the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> do you know it did zoe say that that was her during that entire sequence or did they have a stunt double 
I don't know I no about idea. that okay. sequence. I know she said the stunt double makes her look good, but you could tell in some of those shots that that's her, so... Yeah, yeah, the only part I wasn't sure about was when she was avoiding the sword. Mm-hmm. Her face was more away from the camera, and it was more difficult to tell. I'm not trying to say that Zoe didn't do it, but I was just curious if she had said that she did. I don't know. No idea. But it did seem like they had the actors doing quite a bit of the stunt work, especially Alex Malari. Mm-hmm. I think he said that was all him. And, yeah, he, and during the fight scene between two and one, you could tell that that was... Melissa O'Neill and Mark Ben David. Mm-hmm. Melissa O'Neill did time. say that most of her fight scenes she did. Yeah. Or maybe Joe said that about her. Mm-hmm. I forget. So I, I hope they keep that up. I always love it when they can use the actors as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can tell. Yeah. You can totally tell. And it's yeah. not like sometimes a, it's not you like don't a mind yeah. when they have it somebody else. But Yeah, sometimes if the fight choreography is good enough, you just don't care. Like the sword right. fight in, in Lost Girl between like Lachlan and Bo, mm-hmm. I know that's not Anna Silk, I can tell. I don't care. It's cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I grew up watching the old Avengers TV show, you know, Steed and Peel. They were really, really obvious stunt doubles <laughs> on that show. But you don't care because it's just, it's kind of silly and fun and, you know, it's fine. <laughs> or Buffy. Wait a second. Suddenly he looks a little Asian. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> same guy. Same guy. <laughs> not that obvious. We're not, well, no, it is that obvious, but not Asian. <laughs> It's like, huh, he's taller and his hair looks completely different. different yeah. How odd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the it, mentioning Buffy, like another scene where it's clear that it's two stunt doubles, but you just don't care. In season three, when oh, Buffy is Buffy fighting Faith, Faith yeah. like that is just such a knockdown, gra- drag out, great fight. You're like, I don't care. I could totally tell it's not the <laughs> actors. I don't care. <sighs> and every time Xena flips or, you know, does all those things, you know, it's the stunties and you're all, eh, it's such a kooky show. I don't care. But instead, I'm rooting for the stunties because, you know, I know their names and I've met them and I'm like, you guys are awesome. So it definitely sounds like the the fight scene was something that we all really liked and made us happy. What was something else that made you happy, Chris? Oh, I love it when two and six are looking after five. Yeah. Because like, oh, I I can tell they're going to be the parental figures. Surrogate parents. It was so cute. It just kind of makes me happy. Like six I'd heard of from Joseph Malazzi's interviews. Yeah, that he looks after five, but I wasn't expecting two to be there because I just thought, oh, she's all kick-ass boss lady. But I really thought that was sweet that two was concerned about five. It's nice. I like it when people are worried about each other. And even before she was injured, I think we saw hints that two felt protective of five. Like when she takes the gun away from her initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> all, hey. when they split up, you know, she's like, five was with me. I like that even though they don't know each other, I think we are seeing hints of relationship dynamics that probably already existed before their memories got wiped. Yeah. Very likely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I like how three's personality comes out right away. And one is like, okay, we're going to call, call each other by numbers. There's me, one, two, and three is just like, in serious need of anger management classes as he's wailing away <laughs> and he's all I loved that. He's all free. <laughs> I loved him just wailing on the locked box. It just it cracked me up. I was just watching that thinking, but is that what I would do? Like would you really do that if you're not so aggressively? It wouldn't be my first choice. I'd be like, can I get some clothes and some food? I'm hungry. It just seems potentially dangerous is all. Yeah. I also you? really enjoyed Six eating the gross food. <laughs> When when three tossed it to him, he's like, "Oh, thanks." He takes a bite of it. Are you sure this is food? <laughs> and then later, he's like, "Ah, the green ones aren't quite as quite as bad. They're, they still taste like shit." But six in the food gave me yeah. gave me the giggles a couple times. I also liked two being awesome, just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So is that is that fair? Like I just like two. Sounds yeah. like she's one of your favorites. Do you do you have another favorite so, so far? Uh, six. I think two and six are my favorites. Okay, Annie. Do you have favorites yet? I don't know. I mean, I really. And I'm not just saying this because I was anticipating the show. I really like things about every everybody. I like two being so awesome and five with her interesting yet really you're really creeping me out factoids and dreams I like five and, also. and uh six and his big brother slash you know overprotectiveness towards five and the android for just looking like the android and <laughs> you know and three is that the only reason annie no i like blue it's a color <laughs> i i have bits of favorite pieces of all of them but i i yeah i like Two and the android and yeah, just my everybody. favorite piece of one is I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. she wants. The, <laughs> she's not. She's she not wants kidding. one's buns. <laughs> I hear he makes a good cinnamon roll. Is what Annie is saying. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I I think my favorites so far are two and three. Mm-hmm. I like to three. M- to me. I feel like they emerged the strongest in this episode five was up there too you know this is and that's one thing that was a little bit difficult i think about this premiere is you have seven characters that you're trying to introduce and they've forgotten who they are Mm -hmm. so trying to let the audience get a good sense of each one of them equally is really difficult the premiere i feel like showcased two five and three the best in my opinion and and three i know it sounds weird to say that i like three because of course he's a jerk but He's very charismatic, Anthony Lemke, plus I find him very sexy. Yes. You're noticing a theme with me. A theme. <laughs> well, it's Annie, too. I like Anthony Annie Lemke her. a lot. Annie Droid. Is that their ship name? Annie Droid? Annie oh, God. Dro- <laughs> oh. Wait, Annie, did you just say Annie Droid or Annie Droid? Yes. Oh, Annie Droid. Oh, I like that a lot. You. You plus Droid. Annie mm, Droid. Yummy. She can fix my my broken parts anytime. But I think it's that six and the android a little bit we don't we know the least about because mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking for more hints of the android's personality to come out. But at first yeah. I was like, well, you know, it's really difficult because Zoe Palmer has to do balance robot voice with eventually giving her some personality. But it started to come out when she, <laughs> the missiles are coming at him, and she's like, "Well, would you like me to show you?" And two's like, "No." Do the just do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so I just the smirk Zoe had was cracking me up. I'm really hoping we'll see more from the android and get a better sense of who she is. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. But speaking of two, another moment that made me really happy was when two lands in a perfect cat stance and all those other lunks just fall on the floor. So ungraceful <laughs> of them. <laughs> to be fair, she knew it was going to happen and was ready for it. Well, okay, but. But no, you're right. She didn't know when it was going to come back down. She's also a really agile, awesome fighter, as she's proved. But Melissa O'Neill tweeted last night, she goes, Well, trivia about that scene. When I did the cat landing, my pants kept falling down because my guns kept pulling down my pants. (laughs) I do always wonder when they've got the, the big thigh holster gun things, or gun belts in general, like... Those just seem a little awkward and cumbersome. And yeah. I suppose if you don't have them high up enough, yeah. that might they, happen. They can make you pantslessness, I suppose. I think you mean pantsless. Oh, pantsless. <laughs> pantsless. Excuse me. Well, speaking of guns, people were wondering, I didn't, know, I didn't think about this till afterwards, 
so does three, How three just had guns in, in his pod? And nobody else did. Yeah, maybe I think he had to just go in there with his guns, and he sleeps with his big gun. What does that say about him? And so he just really, really loves his guns. But if they were put into stasis in order because they're dangerous and they're trying, somebody was trying to get them to not do what they were going to do. Why would they leave the guns in there with him? I don't know. Yeah, it was very convenient that he immediately had guns. Yeah, I wondered about that. I mean, it's fine. I can get over it. It's fine. But it was very convenient. Maybe he wouldn't let whoever was going to put him in stasis take away his guns and somehow they managed to get him in there. I don't know. Unless they willingly Willingly went went into into stasis. stasis. Fair point. That's true. There are explanations. But yeah, I mean, they didn't even have shoes. Mm -hmm. Fun fact from the media call that I got to sit in on for tuning into sci-fi TV. Apparently the the walkway has sort of intricate detailing, like carving pattern, uh, carved geometric shapes in it. And so they had to run barefoot down that hallway. One and two did. Mark Ben David was talking about how by the end of that day, his feet were just bloody from running on that that textured floor. And and so he was saying, and you know, Melissa is is so tough. She's never she just never complained about it that entire day. She never complained about it. And I am still complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it was their first day of filming. Oh my god. I think is what and, he said. And we should say Chris is talking about she got to sit in on a sci-fi media call with Melissa O'Neill. Anthony Lemke, Markman David, Joe Malazzi? Yes, correct. And we will probably have an episode here in the near future where we get to talk a little bit more about what Chris overheard on that call. The other scene I really liked was the scene where they were debating about the cargo, because it really shows more of the crew's personalities that haven't emerged already. <laughs> and the whole thing where three's like, I vote against her voting with, with five. And two goes, do we really need to have a vote on whether she's going to vote? And, and like the expression on Anthony Lemke's face, I found so hilarious. My favorite part of that scene was where he was trying to get four to cooperate with him. He's like, come on, <laughs> throw up with me. Four's just like, dude, no, no, not going to happen. But I he like said, how without words. diplomatic yes. <laughs> two was and came up with a solution that can potentially work for all. And then... How even three seems to follow her lead. But maybe it was just because the vote was split and she was the only one who hadn't voted. So I'm wondering how the power dynamic will be, because he was mentioning potentially being a leader earlier in the episode, and I'm wondering if there's going to be a power struggle between two and three, just because he's such a brash, cocky dude. You know, they they have that scene where two just sort of tells everybody what to do, and they do it. And immediately following that is three talking about, we should really choose a leader. And I'm like, dude, a leader had just been chosen. <laughs> Somebody just emerged as a leader. You were there. Apparently you missed it, though. Because you were too But he's still doing what she away. said. Exactly. Because it was logical. I do like that about two, that she seems very pragmatic. Yes. Yeah. Though I, I hope in future episodes that there will be a bit more mixing of the men and the women when they're actually doing stuff because they sent all of the guys down to deal with the people on the planet and she and five stayed back in the ship so i'm I'm hoping we might get to see two go out and be part of little missions if that continues to be part of the plot line right but you notice the way she split everybody up it was mathematically sound because <laughs> one went with four two went with five three went with six. Oh no i wasn't talking about no i know i know i'm just i know you're talking about the trip oh, okay. to the planet i'm okay. just saying that the initial division of of people wasn't necessarily intended to be gendered as it was just a uh, 
mathematical way of doing it. So many questions. The episode ends on a big dun-dun-dun moment. I personally wish they'd maybe done that as the end of Act maybe two or three rather than the very end of the episode. But that's where it really starts to get interesting, right? Where we learn what is possibly the real context for these this group of people. My biggest question afterward was like, huh, are we going to be calling them names next week? That was my question I also. I know, because I can't remember their names, especially because they've been publicized for six months as one, two, three, four, five, six Android. And now mm-hmm. I'm like, I have to remember names now? I'm going to get all confused and I'm going to give someone the wrong name and call the guys a girl's name and who knows what, because I have Swiss cheese for memory. But yeah, I knew it was going to end on that cliffhanger, though, because I'd read the uh, comic and that was like right in the middle. But it was really cool to see the android read off their names. Because I think in the comic it was just the computer doing it. So, And to see her just cool, you know, neutral expression versus the close-up on each person as their name was read. Although I did have to wonder why 4 and 2, it seems like the other three people had mugshots and 4 and 2 don't from this galactic authority. Yeah, they just had, like, security camera clips. So it makes me wonder if they've never been caught. It's quite possible. Yeah. Because they didn't have the... Or they've never been the arrested. The mugshots the way the others two yeah. did. And then five didn't have a profile. Yeah. Right. And that's my other question. Do we think all of this is legit? Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's a big question. Is Can we trust what Zobot dug out of the memory drive? Is it possible it was put there to confuse them for some reason well given their skill sets i think it is a valid file that's my opinion Mm -hmm. i'm wondering was is five like a captive of the crew what's her importance i get the feeling she's going to be really important given her dreams or visions to something that is yet to be revealed like what's behind the big door well, the reason i started off by asking are we going to be calling them by their real names i think that that is a that led me to thinking about the real possibilities that this could explore, the show could explore in kind of a philosophical sense. Like, are these people in their current state, are they going to think that, that those names are theirs still? Or are they going to be more comfortable sticking with the designations that they've chosen because they don't know who those people are? Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to be a dollhouse situation yeah. where they're no longer, I can't even remember the main character's name right now. Caroline. Thank you, Caroline. In it, you know, developed into Echo, and Echo was a completely separate entity just because, you know... She didn't remember Caroline. Right. I think it could be very interesting. It could be. And but- it's one of those things, too. Like, it could be a matter of, you know, dissociating from what they have heard about their actual named uh, selves, I guess. Like a kind of defense mechanism. Like, mm-hmm. Right. We don't want to think about that potential of that life we'd rather just go from where we, where we started because yeah there's the whole if you don't remember it is it still you mm, exactly that's true a lot of questions about identity because we see clearly in this episode one emerges as a very moral person he wants to do the right thing and help these people and when he sees that he's been convicted of murder and assault and all of these i feel like he doesn't connect to that at all mm-hmm. right I can well, see- it's, it's hard to connect him to it because mm-hmm. it, yeah, it doesn't match what we've seen. So right. it makes you wonder, one, are those things true? Two, what are the circumstances behind those if they are true? Right. And the same with with two, 
we have that scene where five is telling her about the very disturbing dream that she had mm-hmm. and two is is disturbed yeah. by the disturbing dream she's like you carved out their eyes yes, well it wasn't me i'm all that'd be really creepy if it was Portia Lynn, I don't know that she would have been creeped out by that talk, but two definitely was. Do we think that Five's dream is Five's memory? I'm wondering, mm. because she's think- she thinks it's, again, this idea of, are these memories, are these people that they used to be, are they still those people? Because she feels like, oh, it was me in the dream, but it wasn't really me because it wasn't my dream. Well, it makes me wonder, does she have some kind of ability... To see people's dreams, you know, some right, that's the other question. Is it some sort of psychic vision that yeah. she had? In which case, who do we think it was? Well, mm-hmm. someone tweeted Joe Malazzi last night is five telepathic, and I, th- I think he replied just no, but I don't know. But I was wondering, I said, well, is it three's dream? Because he seems to be the most, I don't know, just, uh, like I said, in need of anger management, the most aggressive. Mm-hmm. I was going to say hostile. Yeah, but hostile. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe just the easiest answer is uh, someone we haven't seen yet. I don't actually know. had a moment, like, was it two? Hmm. Could be anybody, really, the way they set it up. And then, of course, I had questions about some of the objects that were found, like what's in four's box, which sounds a little weird, but what's in four's box? <laughs> well, I-, I love when he fi- that scene when he finds the box, because he seems to, like, almost sense it, and he's such a quiet guy, but... He seems to be really intrigued by it, and he sleeps with it. Uh, Three sleeps with his gun. Although the scene where he was kind of clicking it apart, I kept expecting him to lose his cool and just finally slice it to bits to get it open. (laughs) I was not expecting that. No. No, well, he seems like a very patient man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a key. This just occurred to me. It could be like some sort of key to open the door downstairs. Hmm. I am thinking it might be just something of personal significance to him. Mm. But what that could be, no idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some sort of key to their memory. Because mm. it's in a puzzle box. Yeah. I hate those things. <laughs> Me too. They are so frustrating. <laughs> and then, of course, we have also the pendant that one found under a pillow. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, we have a lot of questions. Like, are we supposed to think that he was he was drawn to his old room and that was his pillow he found it under? In which case, what is the significance that he had it? But it could be, what is just the significance of it being on the ship, period? Does that mean they killed, what was that guy's name, Rothgar? Rothgar. Rothgar. Did they kill Rothgar's people and that's how they got the pendant? Is one of them a mole? Was one of them planning to defect? Is one planning to defect from the group, from the Raza? Because he maybe they met Rothgar's people and killed them and... One is having a crisis of conscience about it and now decides yeah. to join the miners. And that's an interesting question about their rooms. Maybe they were extin- extinctively drawn to the rooms that they used to possess. Because I loved, again, the art design. When I looked at the episode again um, of Four's room, it just looks like him. You know, with his weapons and the Asian influence. You know, it's like a Japanese painting behind the bed. So, yeah, I like the uh, production design of the rooms. I thought they fit each character. But yeah, I have questions about that too, because I think I think it was two had the line something like, you know, pick a room and yeah. sleep for the night. So are they in their rooms? Are mm-hmm. they in someone mm-hmm. else's room? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But six and five stayed together, I noticed, and two just stayed at the bridge. And I felt like 
she felt like that was where she belonged as the captain mm-hmm. of the ship or something. And also, Six seemed to be sleeping, sitting up. Either that or he was just meditating. Yeah. But that I thought was interesting, too. That sleeping sleeping position or resting position that he chose. Mm-hmm. Sort of a, a lookout kind of a mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yep. And several people sent us some feedback about this episode. We got, first of all, we got a voicemail from Denise. Hi, this is Denise at NVGo005, offering some initial thoughts in the Dark Matter premiere episode. I really enjoyed the story last night, the, the initial story coming out of the gate. I enjoyed the special effects, especially the warping out piece. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Destiny. I like the Stargate flavor uh, to the episode last night. Very well done. I like the mysterious component of it, still trying to figure out who everybody is and how they are with one another. I really enjoyed the ending. I thought the ending where they're finding out about their true selves, and I put true in quotes, uh, because now we see for the first time that the android may or may not have a duplicitous nature to herself, so that is intriguing for me. So them starting out as what they think they might be versus what they actually might be is interesting to me. So, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. I'm looking forward to more, and uh, thanks. Thanks, Denise. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty intrigued by the ending, too. And it's interesting, because I'm, I'm not really sure who or what to trust either. Because, you know, the, the files could be wrong. It could be something that Android's doing. We don't really know who to trust, so... And we don't know the source of the files either. So, so yeah, there's some good intrigue set up at the end there. Thank you so much, Denise, for sending in that voice message. We always love to hear your voices. But we also got some tweets from people as well. Palmer Hollicks Anonymous, who is Palmer Hollicks A on Twitter, said, Excellent start. The waiting was so worth it. Excited for the next episode and still savoring this one. And then Sim Lou, Sim underscore Lou on Twitter, said, nice to have a real space sci-fi show again after a lean period of time. So I'm very interested beside all the actors I like. Thank you to people who send us their thoughts about the episode. There are plans for these episode discussions. We would love to include as much as your feedback as possible. But our plan for these episodes is for them to be on the shorter side, probably around 30 to 40 minutes. So we may not include all the feedback we get, but please send it because probably during the hiatus, we'll go back and maybe revisit some of these moments more in depth and we may use it at that time. So if you send us feedback and we don't use it immediately, don't feel like we're ignoring you. It's probably going to get used later on. Please don't take it personally. Please don't take it personally. We like you all. We like you all. But you can send us your thoughts about this premiere episode. You can email us darkmatter at askgenretv.com. You can call and leave a voice message at 972-514-7223. You can also record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. We like voice messages best of all. This is true. I'm so glad you could join us for Because We're Dangerous. My name is Stephanie. Zobot lives! My name is Annie. And my name is Chris. Thanks for listening.